Part 1 Late one October afternoon in the year 1924, a shabby young man gazed with fixed intensity through the window of a third-class compartment in the almost empty train, labouring up the Panoel Valley from Swansea. All that day Manson had travelled from the north, changing at Carlisle and Shrewsbury. Yet the final stage of his tedious journey to South Wales found him strung to a still greater excitement by the prospects of his post, the first of his medical career, in this strange, disfigured country. Outside, a heavy rainstorm came blinding down between the mountains which rose on either side of the single railway track. The mountain tops were hidden in a grey waste of sky, but their sides, scarred by ore workings, fell black and desolate, blemished by great heaps of slag, on which a few dirty sheep wandered in vain hope of pasture. No bush, no blade of vegetation was visible. The trees, seen in the fading light, were gaunt and stunted spectres. At a bend of the line the red glare of a foundry flashed into sight, illuminating a score of workmen stripped to the waist, their torsos straining, arms upraised to strike. Though the scene was swiftly lost behind the huddled top gear of a mine, a sense of power persisted, tense and vivid. Manson drew a long breath. He felt an answering surge of effort, a sudden overwhelming exhilaration, springing from the hope and promise of the future. Darkness had fallen, emphasising the strangeness and remoteness of the scene, when half an hour later the engine panted into Drenefi. He had arrived at last. Gripping his bag, Manson leaped from the train and walked quickly down the platform, searching eagerly for some sign of welcome. At the station exit, beneath a wind-blown lamp, a yellow-faced old man in a square hat and a long nightshirt of a Macintosh stood waiting. He inspected Manson with a jaundiced eye, and his voice, when it came, was reluctant. You, Dr. Page's new assistant? That's right, Manson. Andrew Manson is the name. Uh, mine's Thomas. Old Thomas, they mostly call me. Dangham. Ah, I got the gig here. Set in, unless you'd rather swim. Manson slung his bag up and climbed into the battered gig behind a tall, angular black horse. Thomas followed, took the reins and addressed the horse. You up, Taffy, he said. They drove off through the town, which, though Andrew tried keenly to discern its outline, presented in the lashing rain no more than a blurred huddle of low grey houses ranged beneath the high and ever-present mountains. For several minutes the old groom didn't speak, but continued to dart pessimistic glances at Andrew from beneath the dripping brim of his hat. He bore no resemblance to the smart coachman of a successful doctor, but was, on the contrary, wizened and slovenly, and all the time he gave off a peculiar yet powerful odour of the stable. At last he said, Only just got your parchment, eh? Andrew nodded. I know that. Old Thomas spat. His triumph made him more gravely communicative. Last assistant went ten days ago. 
mostly they don't stop. Why? Despite his nervousness, Andrew smiled. Works too hard for one thing, I reckon. And for another? You'll find out. A moment later, as a guide might indicate a fine cathedral, Thomas lifted his whip and pointed to the end of a row of houses where, from a small lighted doorway, a cloud of steam was emerging. See that? That's there's the missus and my little homestead. She takes in washing like. Secret amusement twisted his long upper lip. Reckon you might want to know shortly. Here the main street ended, and turning up a short uneven side road, they boggled across a piece of pit ground and entered the narrow drive of a house which stood among the adjacent rows behind a stunted ash tree.